Welcome to the Emily Adams Show. I am a mom of two amazing boys, life coach, speaker, writer, powerlifter, and obsessed with all things personal development. Each week, I will be bringing you an inspirational guest or a burst of inspiration that you need to help inspire you to take action in your life. Each episode is designed to give you the tools, ideas, and inspiration you need to support you as you find your own happiness and your life purpose. Welcome back to another episode of the Emily Adams Show. Today I have an, an amazing, inspiring guest, Shazia Imam. She is an award-winning speaker and a host of the top 12 podcasts, Feminine and Fulfilled, also known as the Life Engineer. Shazia is a certified life coach, holds an industrial and systems engineering degree from Virginia Tech. She is an award-winning management consultant with 20 years of experience at companies including Disneyland, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Accenture, and Boaz Allen Hamilton. I might have butchered that a little bit. <laughs> booze. It's actually Booz Allen Hamilton. It's like the booze. <laughs> Her resume may include extensive experience in fortune 500 companies but her soul's calling is to help women unleash their authentic self and live purposefully as a recovering people-pleasing perfectionist she knows all too well the empty feel empty feeling even when you seem to quote unquote have it all after experiencing her own life fall apart after losing her son and then husband she realized it was a divine push to begin living her real life. This blossomed into finding her soulmate, discovering her soft feminine power and living her deep purpose. One which involves women unleashing their whole selves to be fulfilled, happy and whole. Isn't life more fabulous that way? Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. What an incredible story. So tell us all about yourself, whatever you want to share. I'm so excited to get into it. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's like, I'm like, do you want the long version or the really long version? But I'll tell you the short version. So thank you so much, first of all, Emily, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And, you know, what I want to share today is that, is this piece around the recovering people pleasing perfectionist. I think this is a story of not just myself, but many many, many of us, and I imagine somebody listening right now is either recovering or might still be a people-pleasing perfectionist. And that really represented a large part of my life. I grew up, I, you know, I was kind of the model person in that I did all the right things. I checked off all the boxes and uh, went to the, you know, went to a great university and got good grades and then got a job and then got married. And, you know, I was really on track for that white picket fence dream, which was really something that even I wanted. I wanted that white picket fence dream. And what happened is that the universe had something greater for me. So you know, whatever your faith system is, I really believe, you know, for me, I believe in God. And so I believe that God had something greater for me. And I wasn't listening. There were a lot of signs along the way of this gnawing feeling of something I want to do, but I don't know what it is. And it would come up. And I used to think, maybe I should get my MBA. Maybe I'll feel better. You know, maybe I should start a business. Maybe I'll feel better. 
And it was always just this like thought. And then I try like something, a little something. And then I wouldn't make anything of it. And I kind of just stayed in this status quo life that I had. It was fine. But if I'm honest, it was kind of mediocre. I knew that there was something greater calling to me inside. And this is where I really believe that the universe, God, the divine said, okay, there's something more for you. I keep sending you signs and you're not listening. And, you know, you might really need to be hit upside the head. So I guess I'm stubborn too. Same. Same. (laughs) And, you know, for me, it looks like a lot of heartache, um, which I don't feel is heartache anymore, but I know when people hear this, they feel really sad for me. You know, I did lose my son, um, but I believe he's in heaven. And even though he's not with me physically, I feel him with me spiritually. And so I believe that he's the one now who pushes me and says, mommy, 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 you can do this. And I feel that. And so the tragedy and the devastation of that was one thing. And then my husband decided to leave me. And there was something about that when that happened that I couldn't fathom, like, what is happening in my world? Why is everybody I'm loving, like, leaving? And I found myself to be alone. I found myself to be alone. Um, and that, that aloneness really was so hard for me. That was actually the greatest suffering. The greatest suffering was that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to be alone. I didn't know how to do things if somebody wasn't telling me what to do. And that's when my journey really began. And so it sounds sad, you know, every time I share the story, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it sounds sad and it, it's, it, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was difficult and I'm shortening the story a lot. But when I look back on it now, I realize it's a chapter in my book. I realize it's what has brought me to where I'm at today and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for living a full life now because if I hadn't gone through that, if I hadn't had to meet myself in the mirror alone, I would never understand who I really am. And that was the journey that I had to take. And I believe I'll continue to take, but it's a much more vibrant life to live your whole life than it is to just live a part of you. Yeah, I think that is so powerful. First off, um, you should be very proud of yourself for viewing it now as a good part of your chapter. I hear so many times, you know, oh, this is happening to me and it's all negative. So I kind of view my life chapter similar. It's, it was a blessing because I was able to learn and grow as a person. So I think that's very powerful. And I, I'm just curious, like, how did you transition from this, um, from your degree to getting, working with these amazing companies to being a life coach? Mm. You know, they went hand in hand. So in this moment of like awakening, and it wasn't a moment, right? It was the journey. So I feel like the message that had always been there, like the little signs that were coming that I wasn't listening to, they came to a head in my personal life. Now, while that was happening, 
my like my corporate life was fine. Corporate is life is can be actually really easy. It's like a nine to five. You show up, you do a good job. I, I was blessed to not have a lot of issues at work. I mean, I worked at some really great companies. But again, there was this level of just not feeling fulfilled. It felt mediocre. I mean, on paper, it looked great. I mean, and I, I didn't not like it. It's not to say I didn't like it. You know, the story of my life was never like, oh my God, I just hated things and I just knew I have to get out of here. That actually wasn't my story. My story was that I was quote unquote fine. And so when I came to this place where I was completely alone and I had to really take myself to task and see myself, I realized I had a friend of mine and she's like, Shazi, why don't you become a life coach? And I'd kind of thought about it. She had mentioned it in the past. And I was like, no, life coaches are like those weird women who wear boho dresses and like spin in the field. Like, I'm not that person, you know, <laughs> I've like got my head on real straight and I'm really practical. And, you know, like, I mean, that's nice. I'm not judging the boho dress woman spinning in the field, but that's not me. And when I ended up single and on my own, I thought, well, what do I have to lose? What do I have to lose? And so I went to the training and in the first weekend of training, I was like, oh my God, this is like my life's calling. How did I not know? Like, how did I not know that this was it? And why didn't I just follow it? And something inside always knew it, but I had all these preconceived judgments and notions that kept me from it. So for me, I took things one step at a time. I didn't make some like massive leap and like leave, like, like, it's not like I did my coaching training. And then when I finished, I was like, I'm leaving corporate. I definitely took a slow and steady pace, which I think is very respectable too. I think that there's an element of knowing yourself and knowing what is your capacity. So for me, what I did is I then went into building my business. I learned how to be a coach, you know, um, I got certified, I, I did the things. But while I was building up my business, I decided to then at work start to scale back. So I started to reduce my hours and reduce my hours until I was half time, until I was half time at work. And then my business was in a good place. And even though I had set a certain benchmark for myself to leave at a certain point, I was going to make X amount of money in my business and then I would leave. What I decided, it was actually just this year, I made a decision that I'm just going to do it. I can't keep waiting. For me, I realized my last cut to like really take the leap was to let go of the safety net. And that was my job, if I'm being really honest. It was my corporate career. And I decided to take the leap of faith. And I left two decades of, you know, what was good work. But I'll tell you, Emily, I have not even looked back once. It is the best decision I've made. I'm fine financially. I mean, everything has been okay. And, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, so much happening in the world right now. And it's, I'm like, wow, yes, I really am taken care of. Yes. And so it, it's, you know, it's the piece of like understanding yourself, do, you know, do what you're going to be comfortable with. But then at some point I had to just really drop that safety net. Yeah, I can understand that. And it kind of goes back to what type of person you are and the personality, or if 
you're kind of being pushed to where you're like, I just cannot show up at this job anymore. So there's a wide variety of there. And yes, I definitely, one of the things I found since leaving the corporate is the less I try to control and the more I live in my life purpose, the more things just work out. And when I say just work out, you know, I'm like, oh, it just worked out. But no, it's because I am living in my life purpose. And, mm-hmm. things, and, you, and I'm sure you've seen it where things just kind of fall into place. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, it's been very eye-opening for me to leave the corporate world and see things are falling into place. Uh, One of the things that um, I wanted to touch on was the people pleasing and how, if you are stuck in the mentality, I know for years I was stuck in the mentality of people pleasing because it was easier and there was less judgment. There was less fear. I could fit in and it's kind of hard to let go of that and get around that kind of mindset where you don't really care anymore. And I, I had gotten to the point where I was just tired of it. Like, I'm just tired of it. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some things that you did to get out of that mindset? Yeah, you know, I love what you're bringing up because when we people please, I'll speak for myself. When we people please and we say, I don't care, actually, we really care. But we're holding back what we care about. We're afraid to actually say the thing or do the thing that's going to rock the boat. We're afraid to do the thing that actually, you know, brings forth that passion with us, that brings forth that desire. And we squash it because we don't want to rock the boat. But is it worth staying on a boat that isn't even going to get you to where you want to go? Is it worth it to worry about rocking a boat that's not even yours? So when it comes to people pleasing, sometimes we think it's just something small, like, oh, I don't want to say no to that person because, oh, I don't want them to feel bad. What are they going to think? And, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of stories I can make up of like, oh, it's just, let me just like stay quiet. You know, for me, it was a lot of staying quiet, but then I have to, I have to eat that up. Then I have to go home and I have to eat that up. And then I have to feel bad or the shame or the guilt or the frustration of not saying my true yes. So I always like to say, and I know that this is not new, Emily, I'm sure you've heard this and you know, your beautiful listeners have heard this too, but it's not about saying no, it's about what are you saying yes to. So if you really start thinking about, actually I do care, well, what is it you care about and make bigger yeses around the things that you care about. I don't think there's ever going to be a day that we actually get over it. You know, I still do care about what people think. I mean, I'm human. <laughs> like, and, and that's okay. But the more I say the bigger yes to the things I care about, to the things that really light me up, the more that the other things just start to fall away. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier. It just works. It just works itself out. Like, it just happens. It does. But if we're spending all of our energy thinking about how do I get rid of this or how can I stop this, we're actually feeding energy into exactly the thing that we don't want to do anymore. So instead of thinking how do you stop it, 
Think about how can I please myself? How can the person that I please be me? I get to be, uh, let me people please me. So saying that bigger yes, saying, you know, I, I'm going to go try this new thing or I'm going to go follow my passion or that, you know what? Something simple is like, I'm going to go out to eat at the restaurant for the food I've been craving. I'm going to actually make that happen. It's like such a small thing, but the antithesis of that could just be like, letting somebody else make that decision. But what if you made it your yes? What if you came forth with that? So I know it doesn't solve like every last example of the people pleasing, but when we start to shift the paradigm to really thinking about the yes, to expanding the what you want, then that's what will grow rather than how do I not do this? Yes, that is uh, so powerful. And I agree 100%. When we, I was one of those, the fixers. So I wanted to fix it as soon as I knew I had an issue. So I had an issue of saying no, or I had an issue of whatever it may be. I wanted so just, I wanted to fix it. That's all I could focus on. And so that's what I kept attracting. I kept attracting it constantly. And I love when you talk about shifting away from it and the energy that you bring to it, that's powerful. So let's talk a little bit about more the energy you're bringing and how what energy you're putting out is what you are attracting to yourself. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I mean, that happens all of the time. So I really like your example. I'm going to continue with your example of being the fixer because I really resonate with that too. Um, it's, I liked actually being the fixer, if I'm going to be honest. I liked it. Me too. I Me liked too. it. Right? I mean, like, let's be honest, right? Like, it's part of it is we're attracting it because there's a part of us that likes it, and that's okay too. But what are we trying to fix? What is it that we're trying to do? So the energy then becomes, okay, one of the things I realized is that by fixing, always fixing everybody else's thing, being the fixer, it was such a sophisticated way of me avoiding actually doing the thing I wanted to do, actually following my passion. I like that. That is powerful. And I can resonate with that on many different levels. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. if you're really busy fixing everything else, there's no time. I'll get to it later. And it's, there's actually a worthiness conversation happening underneath. There's a worthiness conversation about, well, am I worthy enough for the things I want? Can I problem solve the things I want, fix the things I want, and not just fix, but be in it, make it big. And so it's an honest conversation to have. Again, there's never any judgment, but it's an honest conversation to say, okay, maybe what am I avoiding? Yes. What am I avoiding? What do I actually really want? And what would it look like to move towards that? And here's the beautiful thing too. I'm going to say this for the person who's like, but they need me. They really like my family needs me. I, they are going to fall apart. They're not. They're not. That's a story. That's a story that the best of us do to tell ourselves because we actually like to be in control because oh, we're yes. afraid <laughs> we're afraid of not being in control they're gonna be just fine everybody's gonna be just fine 
Humanity has survived up until now. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm chuckling about it because I know this more than anyone. And you're worthy. I'm worthy of what it is that our heart, our soul desires. And everybody really will be okay. And actually, they will be even better. They will grow. They will be empowered. They'll be happier because you're going to be happier. I mean, it's just a win-win-win from all sides. So let that magnify. Let what is within you be worthy enough to be magnified. Yes, I can relate on every top, every point that you made, I can relate and resonate with all of that is I love to control things. And one of the most powerful things I've had to learn is surrender. And then when you think you've surrendered, you need to surrender even more. And I think the self-worth is, is so powerful. And I had no idea how powerful it was until I did some inner child work, which really brought it to like, wow, I had no idea that I didn't feel I was worthy of it. So let's talk a little bit about self-worth. When um, you have someone that doesn't see or doesn't know their self-worth, what do you suggest that um, they do to kind of start seeing their self-worth? You know, I, I had come to this place in my life where I realized I had low self-esteem. So the first thing I would say is acknowledge it. Sometimes you don't acknowledge it. And for me, it was acknowledgement. Oh, I, I was walking on a path and I stopped and I was like, I have low self-esteem. Okay. So here's what I did after. And this is what I would recommend to anybody listening. When I came to that awareness with no judgment, I was like, okay, well, I'm a fixer. So guess what? What am I really good at? I'm really good at problem solving and finding solutions and fixing. So I decided I'm going to take this on as a project. And I made it actually something outside of myself. So you can make it something outside of yourself so it doesn't have to feel really heavy. We can do definitely go and do the deeper work and the inner child work is important, therapy, coaching, all of the things. But sometimes just taking it outside of yourself for a bit really helps. So the second thing that I did is I went home and I wrote a list of dreams. I had been reading a book recently. It was um, at that time, it was called 168 Hours by Laura Vanderkam. And it was actually about um, utilizing, there's 168 hours in a week and it was about utilizing your time wisely. But in this book, she talked about writing dreams. And of course, things are always serendipitous. So the second thing I did was I just wrote down my dreams. I would say the same thing. Write down what are the things you want. You can call it your bucket list. You can call it your dreams. But write it down so that it becomes tangible. And then the third thing that I did is I just picked one of them. I had big dreams. I had big dreams, small dreams. I had, you know, just, I, I was only able to write five or 10 at the time. But I picked one of them and one of them for me was learning how to freestyle swim. I had always wanted to just do that. Like, you know, the side stroke where you breathe out, you know, of your nose and mouth and you can swim laps. I just picked that and then I went and I did it. And I took action on that one thing. And 
what happened with that one thing is that then I learned how to do those laps and then I started doing them on my own. And then I started developing confidence in myself. Every time I took one more step, I became more confident. And I also found that along the way, I was really open about my journey. I just told people. I told the swim instructor. I said, I'm working on my self-esteem. And she's like, great. <laughs> so she was, she was enrolled in my journey too. So you find people too that will support. So those would be the four things I would say is acknowledge, get clear about what your dreams are or your bucket list is, take action on one of them, build that confidence and then have that support system. And you'll be surprised. Again, it's not, it doesn't have to be big, although, I, you know, I highly recommend a coach, right? I mean, Emily, I think you and I would both highly recommend working with somebody who has a vested interest yes. in you. Um, that's a great natural support system. But find your support. These four steps are actually quite simple, but it can be simple. Sometimes the journey can just be that simple, but it's about taking the next step and taking the next step. So I would really start there, especially for anybody who resonates with being a fixer, because us fixer types, we like to do things. So this is a great way. This is a great way to do while still being really aligned with what is important to you. Yeah, I love that. And from, yeah, I'm definitely a fixer. <laughs> it's, uh, and I think there has been a lot of mentors and coaches that have helped me along the way and just different courses. And when I enrolled in courses or I hired coaches, my intention was always to fix. I was fixing something and I learned that they weren't necessarily going to give me all the answers, but they were going to lead me and guide me along the way, which was so helpful because I had the support I needed. And mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's definitely something. So if you're on this journey, uh, you're not alone. And for those that are very independent driven, um, I'm recovering from that as well to allow support. And, um, you know, I'm a single mom, so I do everything on my own and I was wired that way for a very long time and then felt sorry for myself because I didn't have support. <laughs> um, mm. So changing the story is uh, very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of want to ask uh, for those that know that they have a deeper calling and something just tells them that there's more and they currently what they're in, you know, they're in a, a, a job or corporate world where it's not horrible, but they know that there's more and they are made for more, but they don't know how to fulfill that. What steps can they start taking to know what is their true life purpose? You know, I'd almost go back to the steps I had shared earlier. And I, I always talk about the KISS method. Keep it super simple. I love always talking about this. And I like to blow kisses, you know, to my, to my listeners and my audience because Sometimes we think it is very, it's something really big and your calling is huge. It is. The impact that you're going to have is going to be massive. Like, don't get me wrong on that. That is huge. But actually getting to it is probably easier than you think. And 
when you give yourself space for that to number one, no, you don't have to figure it out first. So the first thing is the part of your mind that's like, I want to get it perfect before I even start. I'm going to tell you, there is nobody who knew from the beginning. Nobody. There's nobody successful who was like, just woke up one day and was like, I, you know, I'm going to be Oprah Winfrey. You know, like, I mean, that's just, that's not the way it works. <laughs> she had goals. You know, if you read her story, she definitely had goals, but they kept evolving along the way. So there is a level of clarity that you want, but your level of clarity could be very simple. Your level of clarity could be, I want to start a business. And that could be it. Like that could be your period. I want to start a business and you start there. Okay, now what are your actions? So again, when I shared earlier, the first step was awareness. Get aware, what is the thing right now that you're saying? Not like what is my life's purpose and I wanna live my full potential and want to happen now. Start with what is that right now that's coming to you? There's something coming in your path right now. What is it? Okay, great. Now, write down some things around it. You know, so perhaps if it's, I want to start a business. Okay. Well, what kind of a business? Is it service-based? Is it product-based? What's the impact that you want to make? Allow yourself to be in this process of writing down, brainstorming, jotting things down. It's like, let it all just come out. There's no rules on how to do this. There's no like perfect strategy. Just allow yourself to be in the brainstorming or the dreaming, as I mentioned earlier. And then from there, the third step would be, okay, look at what, what can I take action on from this brainstorm? And it could just be a brain dump on a piece of paper. Pick one thing to take action on. Action is key. So again, when I said earlier, you cannot figure it out. You won't figure it out unless you take action. It's in the momentum. It's in the action that things keep growing, that things keep opening up. And then finally, again, when we're talking about something as juicy as your life's calling, the impact that you're going to make, then yes, find the support system that will really nurture you. And this is where a coach is pivotal, um, a coach or a teacher or a guide, somebody who has done that thing. And who is that person in your life now? What's that support system now? It may be a community for you. Whatever that is, the support system is really important when it comes to your life's calling because your self-doubt will want to convince you otherwise. It will keep coming up and it will want to convince you, no, you don't know enough yet. You know, like, Emily, you don't know enough yet. And let, let me do a little bit more research. Or your self-doubt will say, but she's doing it so much better than me. Like, she already started it. It's too late. I should have started before. You know, there's self-doubt will do whatever it takes to be right. It wants to be right. And guess what? It's wrong. So the perfectionist in you gets to know that actually your self-doubt is wrong. I'm telling you right now it's wrong. Okay. And you get to move forward imperfectly. And that's why the support system is important so that you are continuously being pushed and guided even in the times where you're like, no, 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 
Let me just come back to what feels comfortable. No, you have a life's calling and you absolutely get to be in that. Yeah, I love that. And self-doubt, comparison, all those. Yeah, I've been there. I've experienced them. (laughs) And I'm a very logical person. So one of the things I've learned that has been powerful is I know deep down in my heart, you know, that the self-doubt or the comparison isn't true. And then the sometimes to kind of tone out my logical mind, I'll find like different things to prove it wrong. So this is Mm -hmm. why you need to do this, or this is why, and it's okay to find those things to prove your logical self. Um, or, you know, the, I'm not where she's at right now. That's comparing yourself. That's okay. She started five years ago, or, you know, you're just starting out. So it's kind of like almost proven to yourself, your logical mind that, you know, within your heart that, you're correct. Um, Mm -hmm. and then just rewiring and rewriting your beliefs, which is powerful. So when you go to, if you have a limiting belief, uh, what is your process or do you have a process to rewiring that limited limiting belief? Oh my gosh. I actually learned something. It was the second time I learned it, but it was like, I heard it this time. So have you heard of affirmations? I have. I do them daily. <laughs> yes. So uh, I'll just give a quick context. So I, most people are familiar with affirmations, like I am enough and I am beautiful and I am strong. And this is a beautiful thing that we do. You know, I, I teach my bonus daughter these two and it's wonderful. Well, studies have been done that, that have shown that affirmations, if you don't believe them, that part of you that we've been talking about that wants to be right, even if it's a little bit, we'll try to be right. It will try to say, but I'm not totally enough. So here's a way to address the self-doubt and the limiting beliefs in such a powerful way. There's something called affirmations, A-F-O-R-E-mations. Affirmations are questions that you ask yourself. And so Emily, you were nodding your head, you know, and saying, yes, you know, you do these daily. So affirmations are not a statement. It's not a statement that can be refuted or yourself out is like, well, that's not really true. They are questions that now the part of you that likes to prove things right, the part of our mind that wants to have an answer will start to find the signs that make that answer that will answer that. So for example, you might just say, why is it that I, why am I so easily able to connect with people? How am I so good at fixing things? How is it that when I walk, it seems that the birds chirp right next to me? You know, you can make them as like you know, flowery as you want, or just really simple. How am I so smart? You know, you start saying affirmations that make sense for you. So it's not about, again, trying to get rid of a limiting belief, but it's focusing on, it's, I always say to affirm on the positive. So what is the actual question? What is, what is a limiting belief saying? Okay, well, then what's a question instead? Because the limiting beliefs will always be there. Fear will always be there. Self-doubt will always be there. Anyone who thinks that one day they will be gone, I'm 
I might be the person you hate today telling you like they're not going anywhere and you're so powerful. So simply switching to the affirmation and switching to these questions, your mind will try to find the evidence that finds the answer. And again, you're going to magnify that thing. So that's what I always recommend. And of course, you know, you can do journaling and can do these things, but the affirmation piece, I just, it's genius. Yeah, I love that. And I will tell you, like I've said it before, I was one of those that would pour positive affirmations on any kind of negative feeling or anything that I would get. I would just pour positive stuff on it. But what I wasn't really doing was acknowledging, okay, I have this fear. And it's kind mm -hmm. of like saying, you know, welcome, here is the fear and not judging myself. So I would pour the positive affirmations. So then I wouldn't judge myself for feeling that way. And it was just this vicious cycle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you cannot trick, you cannot trick the universe. Like that's the thing you cannot. It's like, so yes, they're there. The fears, the limiting beliefs, they will always be there. They just will. So we can just learn to live with them and then start to find the evidence of what it is, is that's really to our calling. Yeah. And I would say, I agree with you 100%. Even the people that have done all this different work, they still have some kind of fear or some kind of story that may hold them back from something. It doesn't matter where they're at in life. Everyone is always going to have it. It's just, again, dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So, so where do you get your inspiration from? Hmm. That's such a big question. Um, you know, it really changes. Part of me could say like, oh, it's a person, but it's not. What I'm realizing, it's more of a feeling. I get this inspiration. It's like this knowing that I have now as I've continued to really do that big yes and, and live in alignment with myself, I just draw my inspiration from this certainty that just, I feel like I have to do this. It's just like this feeling inside. And so I just keep trusting it, even though sometimes like the things around me don't match maybe my feeling, but I just keep trusting it because I'm like, I wouldn't feel like this if there wasn't something inspired to come out. And there's actually a poem um, that I've been reading, and that's my recent inspiration. It's a beautiful poem by Rumi, and it's called A Fresh Basket of Bread. And there's a line in there. Um, the whole poem is basically about how everything is already within you, but you keep like, you keep knocking at people's door for crust, even though you have a fresh basket of bread on your head. And he has all these beautiful like images and you know, he's, he's just such a beautiful poet. And one of the things, one of the lines in there that always strikes me is that he says, you're like the pearl in the deep water inside your shell, wondering where's the ocean. And I think about that. I think about myself in that way. I think about you, Emily, and all the people that I've met or haven't met. We keep wondering where, where's the ocean? 
and we're in it. And in fact, we're the pearl in it. That's really powerful. And so when we draw on this peace that's within us already, I mean, that, that's the, that to me right now is just the greatest inspiration. It's just really trusting that everything is within me and I get to walk my path. I love that. That's beautiful. And I love that poem. It's very, very beautiful. I could de definitely relate to that. So we're now going to do what we do. I do rapid fire questions and it's just something quick questions. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind when I say them. Okay. And it's just for fun. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. So favorite food. Ice cream. Oh yes. Reading or writing. Reading. Favorite quote. Oh gosh, it's the Marianne Williamson quote, the long one, you know, the one about um, uh, you're not, it's not, you'd like basic, uh, I can't think of it, but the one about your magnificence, don't dim your light, you're more afraid of your light, shine your light, so you know which one, Emily, right? Yes. Everybody know this one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's really long, I don't remember. <laughs> That's fine, we'll go, we'll go with it. <laughs> Introvert or extrovert? Oh, I'm a hyper extrovert. Biggest pet peeve? Oh, biggest pet peeve. Um, I keep thinking nails on a chalkboard, but that's <laughs> not it. That's just really annoying. Um, my biggest, oh, you know, my biggest pet peeve is, oh my God, I don't like fake people. I don't like when a group of women get together and they're like, oh my God, I missed you so much. And I'm like, no, I don't think you really did, but thank you for really getting high pitched and making me feel kind of uncomfortable. I love it. <laughs> what is your favorite act of self-love? Oh, dancing. Okay. What's the one thing on your bucket list? Skydiving. Oh, I went last year. It's so fun. <gasps> oh my God, I can't wait. Meditation or journal, which do you prefer? Uh, I'm kind of into neither. I'm really into dance these days. <laughs> I feel like dance really is just as powerful as journaling and meditation, the embodiment. So Absolutely. I added my third option because I'm a rule breaker. Okay. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. My last question is where can people find you, uh, follow you and, um, yeah, just being part of your tribe. Like where, where can people follow you? Oh my gosh. I would love, 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 love to connect with people. So I actually have a special gift for your listeners today. It's the 30 days of pleasure calendar. And I created this to really take those small steps I talked about earlier to really get into that momentum. And they're all around pleasure and fun. So you can grab that at the lifeengineer.com slash calendar. Um, it doesn't, you know, everything on there doesn't cost you a penny and you do most of them from home. Um, so that's at thelifeengineer.com slash calendar. So that's my website as well. You can find me at thelifeengineer.com. My Instagram handle is at thelifeengineer. 
And I'm also on Facebook at Shazia, T-L-E, that's S-H-A-Z-I-A-T-L-E. And then of course, on my podcast at Feminine and Fulfilled. Thank you. I will uh, link all those also in the show link or the show notes. So everyone has access to them as well. So they can go over and get your free calendar. I'm excited to get the free calendar myself. (laughs) Um, It's juicy. It's fun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for being here. And um, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time just to do this podcast. And I, there were so many valuable points and I know the listeners are going to enjoy it as well. So until next time, stay inspired and I will see you on the next episode.